0: When you grew up, sometimes loved dearly and sometimes completely ignored, you can end up with a superpower for being able to rush in when someone seems to offer you love and then to run away really fast when you see signs that the love might not last. And this is called disorganized attachment. And in adulthood, it makes you want a close and loving relationship so bad, but actually being in one, because I mean, all relationships have uncertainty at the beginning, Well, it makes you anxious and people with disorganized attachment have a tendency to ruin relationships that are headed toward real love and cling to relationships that are unstable. My letter today is from a woman I'll call Mary and she writes, Dear Anna, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. All right, I've got the fairy pencil. I'm going to circle things that I want to come back to in a second reading, but let's go through and see what Mary has going on in her story. During my childhood, through to my teenage years, my brother and mom were physically, emotionally, and verbally abusive toward both me and my younger sister, but it worsened when my dad moved out of the home when I was 11. Oh, dear. My younger sister got pregnant as a young teen, and my brother was a drug addict. My mom did the best she could trying to be there for them, but I was the forgotten child, and my emotional needs were consistently unmet. i bet. I felt unsafe in my home. On the flip side, my dad seemed like the perfect dad. I wonder, though. I was obsessed with him, and I would eagerly anticipate the days he was off from work so I could spend the day with him. He was affectionate and loving, but he wasn't without his faults. He was a gambling addict. He and my mom fought often over money. After he left, our encounters became scarce, occurring only once every two months. The distance took a toll on our relationship, and he felt like a stranger on his occasional visits. Little did I realize the profound impact this separation had on me. My dad passed away from cancer when I was 19, and since then, I found myself navigating a series of regrettable romantic decisions. Okay. A year after my dad died, I met this guy at work, and we had an instant connection. Uh oh, instant connection. <laughs> By our second encounter, he wanted my Instagram. And soon enough, he asked if I wanted to get to know him better. I said yes, and we started dating. The first couple of dates were fun and exciting, each time leaving me desperate to see him again. On our third date, I suggested spending Christmas together, because I felt bad for him having to spend it alone. He moved from the Caribbean to the UK on his own two years earlier. I lost my virginity to him that day. Ah. Oh. The day after, I was a mess, full of anxiety and regret for going all the way with a guy I barely knew for two weeks. But despite that, I kept seeing him because I was crazy about him while I made an effort not to show that I was. Hmm. And we ended up getting physical often. Strangely, the more we did, the more I felt empty inside. Not so strange. I'd spend my days thinking about him and just waiting for him to hit me up. Things became stranger when he started getting emotionally distant, and I found myself frequently questioning if he truly liked me, although he claimed he did when asked, his actions suggested otherwise. And she didn't tell me more there, like what actions? Instead of stepping back, I found myself pining over him more until it became too volatile internally, and I pushed him away forcefully. After the hurtful encounter, we didn't talk for months, making it one of the most challenging periods of my life. But for the past five years, it's been this back and forth dance between us. One of us would reach out, we'd chat, maybe even hook up, but then I would cut him off again because his avoidance side would trigger the anxiety in me, making it too painful to continue. We're still in touch today, having learned so much about each other over the years, And develop this deep understanding of one another. However, it hurts to know we can't be together because he can't fulfill my emotional needs. He's pretty avoidant, which stems from his rough childhood. Over the course of those five years, I casually dated, but nothing too serious. I avoided getting intimate again to spare myself the emotional turmoil that came with the previous experiences. The constant shift from obsession to detachment is confusing for me and the unlucky few. I yearn for a stable, healthy, and loving relationship, but I'm haunted by the anxiety and insecurity that comes along with getting close to someone. Can you offer guidance on how to break free from the pattern of hot and cold behavior and help me stop gravitating toward unavailable men? All right, and that's from Mary. All right, I got you, Mary. Let's see, I'm gonna go over what you told me and let's see if I can help. All right, so you said dysfunctional family, emotional and verbal abuse toward you and your younger sister physical abuse as well from your mother and your brother and it got worse when your dad moved out when you were 11 so something was going on with your mother that she was such a rager huh your younger sister got pregnant your brother was a drug addict so you got neglected but in a way you were like the most safe one and but forgotten and then Your dad seemed like the perfect dad. Okay, but he wasn't the perfect dad. He left when you were 11 and only saw you every couple of months. So not the perfect dad. I can see the idealization of men just starting right then. So he and your mom fought over money because he was a gambling addict. That's a very rough addiction, yeah. The distance took a toll, and then you felt like strangers. And you didn't know it would affect you so much. Uh huh. And then he died from cancer when you were 19. I'm so sorry. Yeah, a, a young woman, any, any person needs their dad. And that's not a great time for you to lose him. So you found yourself after that navigating regrettable romantic decisions. It does work that way. I, I kind of had that pattern too. All right. A year after he, he died, you met a guy at work, instant connection. By the second encounter, he wanted your Instagram. Soon enough, he asked if you wanted to get to know him better. And you started dating, and it was fun and exciting, and you were desperate to see him again. So you're talking about this idealization that happens early in the relationship. You're way in, and then whoop, you're out. So we've been talking about this this week, disorganized attachment. It's one of the hardest attachment styles to have. And it does come when there was like you had a close relationship with your dad, your mom was abusive. It's totally understandable, but it's kind of this like push-me-pull-you thing where you... You really want the relationship. You think about it all the time. You're scared it's going to end. Then when it's happening, you push it away. And it hurts other people. So it's not just a problem for us. It's very hurtful to get pushed away to somebody who is in the middle of liking you. So I couldn't tell from your letter, like, what's the deal with this guy? Your five-year relationship here that you say is kind of on again, off again. You lost your virginity to him on Christmas. Oh, it's so sad and you felt, you felt terrible. It it just wasn't, the relationship wasn't where you wanted it to be. And then it was like this super sexual relationship, but the more that went on, the more empty you felt. So I think there's a clue for you there. No matter what kind of attachment style you have, is that like being in that like with them all the time phase of a relationship, if it left you feeling empty, it feels like it was not the relationship for you. Like maybe that's the sign, and the thing about those of us who grew up neglected or abused is we're so good at going, well, I feel really empty but it's probably just me. So I should just carry on and keep going and push for this relationship. I got to have it or I'll have nobody. That's kind of like trauma thinking. And when you hear me say it, you can probably hear how it's not quite rational, but it it has a certain logic to it. When you're a traumatized kid, you should just take what you can get. You know, you're going to mess it up by having feelings, by feeling like it's not good enough. Um, And so, but then you were empty, but you'd spend your days thinking about them. So there was like, this idealized attachment to this idea of him. But the real man, it seems, it wasn't really fulfilling for you. That's what I'm hearing. So th- things became strange. He started getting emotionally distant, which I guess he would if it was... Like if you weren't able to show up emotionally, I can see why he might pull away. I don't know what his reasons were, but seems justified. So then you were always asking, do you really like me? And he said he did, but his actions were different. So you say that he's avoidant. And his avoidant tendencies trigger you. And that is the thing. When you have like that anxious side to your attachment style and you're with somebody who has an avoidant side, you have both. But when you're in that mode where you're like, ah, you're going away from me and he pulls away, that's a really hard dynamic. For couples to work that out, they have to really meet in the middle on that one. Where the anxious one has to realize like i can't just torment them to death with my worries about it i've got to deal with this on my own for largely and I, and the person who's avoidant knows i have to show love and affection i have to give some validation and words of love more often than i think i need to and if two people can kind of meet in the middle on that it can work but i'm not sure if it did for you it sounds like you guys were very young So you pushed him away and it hurt him and he went away for months and you were really bummed. So maybe the relationship wasn't supposed to fall apart. It's hard to tell. But for the past five years, you've had this back and forth friends with benefits relationship where you chat, one of you calls the other one, sometimes you hook up and you're saying that you're actually quite close and you've become friends. But what I hear is that you've created this like strong oak of a friendship around a flimsy, half romantic, half sexual, but not really relationship. And that way you end up kind of losing both the friendship, you know, the benefits of of an actual friendship that's not sexual or romantic. You're also losing that close committed relationship that underneath all of this you're longing for. So you're saying you can't be, you guys can't be together because he can't fulfill your needs. He's pretty avoidant, which stems from his rough childhood is okay. So I don't know, but I'm just going to ask you, like, get really honest with yourself. Is that true? Is the problem that he's avoidant or is the problem that he's not that into you? If he's not that into you, it's time to go. Like, don't hang out. Don't keep having sex with somebody who's not into you. If you want to be in a relationship, that's going to do nothing but sabotage you. So on the other hand, if this is fine with you, and I don't think it is from what you're saying, you can just sort of hang out and let him be avoidant and you be avoidant and go through the kind of ups and downs of it. It keeps things interesting, right? But I really wouldn't wish that on anybody. It's a kind of hell when you want a relationship but you can't really handle staying in the relationship. So in the five years, you've casually dated others. You never slept with them. You didn't want all the turmoil. So now you're in tune with how, how much turmoil is involved for you about having casual sex, which is sort of how you went into this relationship that's now turned into a, a real friendship. You yearn for stable, healthy, and loving relationship, but you're haunted by the anxiety and insecurity that comes with getting close to someone. So may I just suggest that with some healing, you know, if you can work on the the emotional reactions that you have and learn to kind of that's emotional dysregulation it's one form of it you can learn to kind of bring that down there's a lot of methods for healing trauma and certainly if you wanted to be in my membership program take my dating course you know we work on that kind of thing all the time the daily practice course i teach the free course that's all about like getting those emotions like out of here where they're bouncing around confusing things onto paper releasing them so you can begin to think clearly and kind of hear yourself And know, what do I really want here? It's very powerful to be in touch with that. I can't say enough about it, but talking about it, I can never really quite, I can't really like capture for you how big a deal it is if you can start to be more in touch with yourself with less fear and less resentment, be able to know yourself like that. I don't know about him, but it just sounds like you have disorganized attachment. And to break free of that is a big process. Have you done therapy yet? You may want to do that. Whether or not you have access to that, there's um, also 12-step programs, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. I I don't know exactly how you define what this is, but it's like you can't leave and you can't stay. And that is a you could think of that a little bit like an addiction, an addiction to a half-love that's keeping you from having any real love. And then membership with us. We'd love to have you. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content,